Hello, everyone. You're listening to Crunch Squad. It's a podcast within a podcast where we discuss the rules, the mechanics, and the number crunching that goes into this wonderful game of Dungeons and Dragons. I am your host for Crunch Squad, Ned Wilcock, and today we have a phenomenal, very special guest, Josh Lorimer. Hello. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. This is awesome. I love all the like the extra content you guys are building around the episodes. Yes, and we love every extra opportunity that we have to keep hanging out with you. <laughs> I'll take it, man. I'm in. I'm in. You guys sold me. I love I love what you guys are doing at I cast Fireball, so I'm I'm happy to happy to chat about any other nerd stuff that you guys want. <laughs> Yeah, and we have got some pretty nerdy stuff to talk about here. We're going to get hard into the mechanics of your character, Ralph. Dude, and this guy gets nerdy. This is this is a Dungeon Master's ca- player character. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, just the joy of being able to finally play a character and min-maxing the crap out of it. You know what? I... Listen, I love min. Like, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Min maxing is very fun. It's a very fun thing mm-hmm. to do because you get to really like test the limits of what you could do with the character. But, but truthfully, this was very much just a. Uh, uh, I, I still try to let the the role play lead, <laughs> and not the mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. But it would be. I feel like every time I'm playing a like a a temporary character that I'm not doing for an extended campaign. That's when I roll really good stats. So the first like really interesting thing to me about Ralph was his sub race, because I actually have never heard of the Lithari elves before. So what drew you to this sub race? The, so I like, I really like unique races just because if I'm going to play an elf, because it's kind of the, a lot of people, it's a tired race to play. Everybody plays. Mm-hmm. Your first character is always an elf magic user. You know, that's kind of the. It's the quintessential fantasy race. Yeah. And so I, I avoided them for a long time. And at this point, I've played so many different characters. I'm like, ah, oh, man, let's just, I, I think it'd be fun to explore the elf. But even then, I don't just want to be a regular, a regular elf. I wanted to, they're in the, uh, in the Sword Coast Adventures guide. There's this little, you know, they got a little like strip of paper that's like, taped on to the to a corner of one of the pages and so mm-hmm. in the section about elves there's this little addendum that's like rare elf races and it, there's just like one paragraph about the lithari just this little tiny write-up about these very like fey fey ancestry elves who transform into wolves just like a werewolf but without it being a like dependent on the moon or a disease like uh lycanthropy so yeah it was really it was really interesting typically they travel in packs and in Faerun they're very rare to see so my understanding is that it is a forgotten realms race like canon to the forgotten realms but yeah i don't think the only place i could find them was in a couple pieces of literature a couple like books and even then they're Mm -hmm. not like mainstays they're kind of just like little pieces in the bigger stories. Yeah, you are really getting your money's worth out of the Sword Coast Adventures guide with this character, aren't you? I am. That was the that was my whole thing is I I rarely play in the Sword Coast and so are <laughs> in in the Forgotten Realms at all. And so the mm-hmm. fact that you guys your whole campaign is in the canon world, I was like I really want to like dig in. So I, I I have all the books, so I dug, I just ripped them open and started reading a whole bunch and and then i listened to a couple uh audiobooks of old old uh forgotten realms 
books about mm. one that had had some stuff to do with the Zentarum and then oh, yeah. uh, and then one that had a character that was Lithari. But yeah. Man, I the best kind of homework is homework for a D&D character. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, mechanically speaking, what made the Lithari unique for this character? So, one, I wanted to be a blade singer. In the Forgotten Realms, you have to be an elf for that. And so, mm-hmm. the there are blade singers in the Zentrum, but I didn't feel like he would be with a pack, right? So, for me, like, what made this character interesting was I feel like anybody who's in the the Zentar, who's a Zen, like in the Zentarum, that that kind of like the shady organization, has to have a like a screwed up background. That's kind of uh, that's clearly they've been beaten up and busted by life. And so, what's better than this magical, like rare fey elf creature that's supposed to be in a pack of other elves like him, but isn't? And it's like very mm-hmm. much uh, there's something innately wrong about him being alone (laughs) yeah so you find a new pack yeah you make a new pack you kind of but but for for me when i think about the like the 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 dealings and the leaders within that organization it's all about like uh it's it's broken like nothing will be nothing has at, at least up to this point nothing has been has fit perfectly it's just been kind of like you're just filling putting a, a square in the hole to try just like to make make it work as best mm-hmm. you can so i like the idea that this is a displaced character who's uh, very much like a, a natural creature in unnatural environments <laughs> yeah that's really fun just bringing the very granola kind of crunchy person into the middle of one of the biggest cities on the sword <laughs> coast yes <laughs> And uh, you mentioned that he is a blade singer wizard as well, which is such a ridiculously cool subclass. Oh man, I, it is. It's oh, I love it. I uh, there was a um, I forget what it's called in 4E. There was a class that a buddy of mine played. Maybe it was blade singer. It was something like uh, a melee wizard class in 4E, and it was mm-hmm. it was really an interesting. It was an interesting class when you take a squishy class and you make it like a uh, melee. <laughs> yeah, a viable frontliner, which is not usually what you think of with a wizard. Yeah, and so the it comes with some stipulations, the mechanics of of the blade singer, where you you know you you can't be heavily armored, so you're you can't have a shield, so you still gotta you still gotta stay fairly squishy. But it's the blade the blade song is like what that is like. That, what that whole thing is about. Yeah. So we're going to set the base for the mechanics of the Blade Singer by talking about just what the wizard themselves gets, and then we can see why it's such a big reversal to take the Blade Singer subclass. Let's do it. So to me, the thing that the wizard is really for is it is the most straightforward spellcaster in the game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. With the sorcerer, you've got meta magic you can use to warp and alter your spells. Bards and clerics have like their support kind of stuff. Whereas the wizard, most of your progression through the game is just getting more and more spells, which might seem kind of boring, but the wizard has far and away the largest and most versatile spell list. Yeah, what I, what I always liked was the they did this in in previous editions of D anD. d The wizard would, when you they used a spell, the knowledge of it left their mind. And so rather than like spell slots, you just couldn't do a spell more than once really and without having to study it again. And the what's what's interesting about 5th edition is they basically are like, 
You have as many spells as you can write in your book, but you're limited as to how many you can use and prepare each day. So I love the idea that like you wake up in the morning and you go, okay, today's going to be very, uh, uh, I'm going to need to support people a lot. So I'm going to prepare a bunch of support spells from my book and you spend an hour mm-hmm. studying and prepping. And then, or then like the next day you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to kick some butts. <laughs> You spent some time preparing a bunch of combat spells. But yeah, they're really, I feel like sometimes it's easy to latch on to specific spells and just make them your character spells. But with a wizard, you, you can really make it as versatile as you want in terms of pre- preparation and taking the time to like study and prepare. Uh, I don't know how deep everybody goes. Some people go so deep as to like keep track of the the um, components of the spell as well. Like the whether you've got like a feather or a bit of ash. Yeah, I think uh, Liam O'Brien on Critical Role in Campaign 2 is very much into like the nitty gritty of which components he's using. But yeah, with that spell book, it's really easy for wizards to gain access to so many spells. Oh yeah, you start studying and writing stuff down, learning from other wizards and you find another wizard's book and you can start copying stuff over <laughs> Yeah, like if you're a sorcerer, sure, you can do cool meta magic, but you learn a spell and that's it. That's like the spell that you know for the entire campaign. Whereas the wizard, when you start out, you can choose, I think it is five spells that you start with in your spell book. Uh, six spells, six first level spells. And then every time you level up, you automatically get two more spells. And then if you find a spell scroll or another wizard's spell book, like you mentioned, you can spend some time to copy it down into your spell book. And as long as that spell is in your book, you can prepare it every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy that like you, you're limited at what you can, how much you can do. I just love the idea that you can you can grow that list of known spells pretty pretty exponentially, and it is fun. It's fun that the like with so many other magic users the magic is dependent on other external forces you know the mm-hmm. the earth a patron a deity like the with wizards it very much is a uh, an owned uh, discipline yeah and i just love the vibe of it as well i remember actually in sneak attack pretty early on in the campaign that image of akio spending time copying spells into his book and he keeps getting interrupted and it's just like <laughs> oh that is such a vibe right there yeah and it's fun too if like you can play around with it if you want where you you're you can have a character who like maybe you miswrote a spell <laughs> mm-hmm. something goes uh, terribly awry <laughs> Yeah, I I just love the idea of, you know, you have your specific syntax for how you connect with these spells, how you put them down into your book. And so you're like reading through somebody else's notes and trying to figure out, okay, how do I turn this into my specific sort of spell casting language, as it were? Okay, so we never went into this on uh, in the episodes. This was just like my own personal writing for uh, for Ralph, but I really wanted his his spell book to be his blade. So like the where. I like the idea of the visual of it being a, uh, and this is funny. I, I wrote this down before we ever recorded. I just never thought to bring it up while we were playing. <laughs> but uh, I really like the idea of the blade itself looking like Damascus steel, where that kind of oh, the black, nice. black and silver, like uh, just like swirly lines. But if you look close enough, the black swirls are all text that's been like ingrained oh, into the blade. That is super cool. So that was that's why it's like it's his spell casting focus, but it's also his spell book, everything written down into the into the blade itself. So that was that was my that was how I like in my mind I'm thinking I need a ro- a roguish wizard that can move around a big tome is going to be a, a 
burden to keep track of. And so mm-hmm. that was where my kind of uh, my little workaround. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got that out because that is super cool. Yes, it also it also makes uh, it really bad if he loses his blade. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly very powerless. <laughs> Now, the next feature that wizards get after their spell casting is called Arcane Recovery. And this is great because, you know, wizards, generally speaking, only regain their spell slots every short rest. But the, what a wizard can do is once per day when you finish a short rest, you can choose expended spell slots to recover. The spell slots can have a combined level that is equal to or less than half your wizard level rounded up, and none of the slots can be sixth level or higher. So it's uh, a little bit hard to maybe wrap your mind around at first as far as like, okay, which spell slots can I get back? But just the fact that in the middle of the day, you can regain spell slots, which no other long rest spellcaster can do is super great. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's awesome. The, cause you're kind of, especially at the lower levels, if you're talking like between levels like one and five for a wizard, you are in trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you can't recover spells, you're kind of, the wizards are, even a high level wizard is not great at a siege. Like you, you're, you're kind of a, you're a sprinter at all times. You got to get the job done with big flashy spells quickly and, and hope that, yeah. that, that, that works because once you're out, you're just a dude in a rope. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's, it's, uh, that being able to recover some is a great mechanic. Yeah. I love that analogy with the wizard. I've never actually thought of it that way before. Yeah. It's, it's from literature. It's from the books. Like I've read so many D and D books. It's helped to inform, I think a lot of perspectives about. Uh, different classes that I hadn't thought of before. But yeah, there are some really like really strong wizards in some of the Forgotten Realms uh, stories that get kind of in trouble because they're overextended and don't have time to rest. Yeah, we uh, put Ralph in some pretty interesting situations. I, there. I, I used almost all my spell slots like, and mm-hmm. did not have any time to recover anything. So yeah, it was a uh, by the end of by the end of that arc, I don't know when this will air, how much will be out, so I don't want to say too much. But the yeah, we 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 tore through we tore through those spells. I only had one level four spell. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, and I don't know, maybe I could. Uh, no, I won't say. I won't say what it was. But I I secretly cast it in episode fifty six of your guys uh, that that first episode that came out this last week. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was something that I I talked about with Thomas. But yeah, I don't think I've ever said what it was yet, but it was uh, my one only, I think the level I'm at, level seven, Bladesinger. So it was the one fourth level spell slot I had. Mm, well, someday I'll figure out what it is, yeah, but at yeah. time of recording, it's still a secret secret. <laughs> now, the base wizard class mechanically after this point is actually pretty plain. Um, you get your arcane tradition your subclass at level two and that gives you some new mechanics but just as the wizard itself you get some ability score improvements you keep learning more spells and getting more spell slots but then at level 18 you get something called spell mastery that when we're when we're getting this high you're basically like god tier wizard Mm -hmm. yeah the way that this works is uh you can cast certain spells at will So you can choose a first level wizard spell and a second level wizard spell that are in your book. And you can cast those spells at their lowest level without expending a spell slot when you have them prepared. That's awesome. Yeah, the the idea that you have at this point becomes so enmeshed with these spells that you've been casting for so long that it's just like, oh yeah, I know the spell like the back of my hand, I can just pop it off whenever. 
I've never, I've never gotten, I don't think I've ever gotten a, a player character that to that high level, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd do with myself as yeah. a magic user at that point. Yeah. And you still even have some variety because every eight hours, if you sit down and spend eight hours in study, you can swap out one or both of those spells for a different one that you can cast at will. Wow. <laughs> That's so epic. So, That's Elminster level. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. magic use right there yeah this is the point where we're like yes this is the gandalf that we know and yep. love from lord of the rings yep it's Fizban. but it gets even better at level 20 with signature spells and at this point you can choose two third level wizard spells in your spellbook as your signature spells you always have those spells prepared they don't count against the number of spells you can have prepared and you can cast each of them once at third level per short rest without expending a spell slot insane that's awesome. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. So just counterspell, just dispel magic exactly. whenever you want for free. Yeah, it's insane. The, just like the potential, there's some really good spells at third level. You've got counterspell to spell magic, like you said. You've got fireball. You could just cast fireball whenever you want to. <laughs> that is a wizard dream right there. Fireball, 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 fireball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so that does it for the meat and potatoes of the wizard. And there's lots of very flavorful subclasses that help you kind of tweak your magic. But we're talking about the one that I think is just flavor wise, the most fascinating and unique of all of the subclasses. So part of the limitations of being a spellcaster, uh, especially being a wizard, is you cannot wear armor to cast Mm -hmm. your spells. It interferes with the intricate, delicate motions of your spellcasting. But then, looking at the very first Bladesinger feature, training in war and song, you gain proficiency with light armor, so you can wear that armor and still be able to cast your spells. You gain proficiency in one type of one-handed melee weapon of your choice, i.e. Jeremy in this instance. And just for fun, you gain proficiency in performance as well, if you don't already have it. And what's what's really fun in the Sword Coast Adventures guide, they have another one of those little addendums to the, like one of those little, like asides, little sticky note in the page about the different blades that a blade singer uses and the different styles. And it's just flavor, which is, I love. I love just having flavor. So it was like, if you're using a long sword, it's a lion style. It's like, or like a different stance. Or if you're using, it's a wolf style, which involves a lot of like spinning and flourishes. If it's a scimitar, mm-hmm. it's like the like. I, I love the idea that the that it's not just one, even one form of blade fighting. It's very much a. Uh, and when I was building Ralph, there was one combo because I, I have a I have, I'm level enough that I was able to get a feat. Or the character, and what there's one feat that allows you to do two weapon wielding, even oh, if yeah. even if you're not a fighter class. And in my head, I thought there's nothing in the Blade Singer mechanics that says you can't have another blade. The uh, it just says you can't have a shield, and you have to be wielding a one-handed weapon. Two one-handed weapons could still work, and that's crazy. I was like, that would be that would be min-maxing at that point. You're you've got an extra attack, <laughs> you've got uh, full attack bonuses for two swords during the blade yeah. song which is is just absolutely bonkers so for a while i thought it would be really fun to have two long swords <laughs> mm-hmm. you just you can't you're not wielding them with two hands so you're just doing the d8 but like that's pretty legit <laughs> yeah yeah let, let's dig into the mechanics of the blade song itself because this is the core of the subclass it is the it is like rage it is like the barbarian's mm-hmm. rage you, like you activate it and you get all this cool stuff. 
Yeah, so the stipulations, uh, like you mentioned, there are a few of those. First, you have to be an elf. Uh, that is, uh, that's more specifically in the Sword Coast Adventures Guide version. Uh, they actually re-released the Blade Singer Wizard in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything with, insofar as I'm aware, just three pretty minor differences. The first being that in Sword Coast Adventures Guide, it specifically says you gotta be an elf. It doesn't uh, like outright say that, in okay. the Tasha's Cauldron of Everything version, uh, but still kind of implied. But yeah, so first stipulation, gotta be an elf. Second, you can't wear medium or heavy armor or use a shield, like you mentioned. But as long as you meet those criteria, you can use your bonus action to start the blade song, which lasts for one minute. If you are incapacitated or if you don medium or heavy armor or shield, or if you use two hands to make an attack with a weapon, then the blade song ends. Uh, and you can also dismiss it at any time, no action required. But then we get to the benefits of all of those stipulations. First, you gain a bonus to your armor class equal to your intelligence modifier. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. As a wizard, that's the, that's the modifier you're beefing up. Yeah. So let's talk about like Ralph specifically. So what uh, kind of armor are you wearing with Ralph? Uh, just the basic in-book leather armor. Yeah, so that gives you, as I recall it, an armor class of 11 plus your dexterity modifier, right? Uh, let's see here. 11 plus dex. Yeah, and I I have a 5 dex. So, so <laughs> I'm, okay. my dexterity is 20. It's maxed out to 20. The... Um, yeah, that was the so I, I I made it as high as you can go. So it gave me yeah. gives me an armor class as a wizard of sixteen. Yeah, which traditionally your armor class, if you're a wizard, is just going to be ten plus your dexterity modifier, which usually isn't very good if you're a wizard. Because you don't put you don't put stuff into dexterity as a wizard usually. Yeah, but then when you start your blade song, uh, what's your intelligence modifier that you get to add to that? Three. Okay, so suddenly we've got nineteen AC <laughs> on this squishy wizard. <laughs> and what's cool is, is it's all dex based. So like, it's not because I can take a bunch of damage. It's because of how elegantly he can maneuver in and out of mm -hmm. uh, combat. Yeah, it goes with that song, that dance. Uh, and let's see, Jeremy is a scimitar, correct? So did yes. you choose the wolf style with all of that kind of circular motion? Yes, I like the idea that it's very, because he turns into a wolf, I felt like that was uh, like a really good, <laughs> like kind of to play off of, very flowy and elegant and elf-like. Just dancing around all of the blows. Yeah, one thing, one thing we never did in, in the in the in the arc that we play with Jeremy is is where he actually like puts the blade in his mouth and fights uh, as a as a wolf. <laughs> but I don't know. I, like that is something that we would just like put Thomas in a weird position as DM, being like, I don't know how to mm -hmm. if this is legit or not. I don't know what to tell you. The yeah. But that's the that's the uh, I feel like the what is it. Dark Souls? Is there, is there a big boss yeah. that's like a wolf with a sword? Yeah, I have not played any of the FromSoft games yet, but when I get my Steam Deck, I sure will. <laughs> uh, but it's it's either one of the Dark Souls games or Elden Ring, just yeah. like a wolf with a huge sword yes. in its mouth. So that was another part of it for me going like, oh, this would be kind of cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, yeah. You know, we've still got, at time of recording, you know, maybe we'll still get a chance to see it happen. Who knows? <laughs> It's all right, man. I, you know, I, here, here's my thing is I love, I would have been okay. There's ton, you build a character with tons of stuff. I'm okay if it doesn't, doesn't all come out during a game. That's part of the fun. Mm -hmm. It's just having all of that yeah. 
and the wings. Yes, we know, and that's special enough. Now, next thing you get with your blade song, it's not just your armor class. Your walking speed also increases 10 feet. You have advantage on acrobatics checks. And whenever you make a con save to maintain concentration on your spell, you can add your intelligence modifier to that roll as well. And so this is, uh, here's something I did min-max. I will I will fully own this one. So I'm a wood elf. Uh, the, that's the mechanically, the Lithari are basically wood elves that can transform into wolves. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. have the midway transformation of a werewolf where you're like a humanoid wolf. It's just either full elf, full wolf. But the wood elf has a movement speed of 35. That's their baseline. And uh, when I picked the feet wood elf magic, one of the spells it grants you to, that you can cast without using a spell slot is Longstrider. So oh, nice. if I'm in the blade song as a, as a Lathari elf and I, I, and I cast Longstrider, that's, a, that's, a 50, that's 55 feet Holy cow. per turn. Uh, Which is all very nearly double what most people. <laughs> yeah, and then you if you dash, that's a uh, 110. That's which is insane. <laughs> like this isn't a monk. Monks can run really fast. Yep. Sure, this is a wizard. Wizards <laughs> are supposed to be able to do this stuff. So yeah, it's there's some fun. It's so fun seeing how some of these feats can start to like actually like beef up different parts of your character. And so that's the benefits you get from the blade song. And the amount of times you can use that, uh, this is the second difference between the two different versions. In the original, I believe it was you can use it twice per short rest. Um, in the Tasha's version, you can use it a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus per long rest. I really like, I feel like one of the one of the things that makes the Blade Song, that keeps the Blade Song somewhat nerfed, is, uh, is the one minute time. Mm-hmm. The So anytime you're using this outside of combat, it's more or less useless. The yeah. It's going to run out just right away. It's only really useful in combat where time slows down and every round is only six seconds. And so you've got mm-hmm. you've got ten rounds to be in the blade song, which is is really cool. I like that. It's it's it, they've kind of conditioned it for very specific uses. That sounds almost to me like something that a coach would say to the young blade singer recruits before the game. You only got 10 rounds in the blade song. Make sure they're worth it. <laughs> yes, which is very it's a very elf thing. It's like it's like if you're going to do this, you have to do it very precisely at the exact right time, very tested yeah. and tried and focused. Yeah. Now we get to 6th level, you get your extra attack which is something that, you know, fighters get, rangers get, <laughs> all of these classes get. Wizards aren't supposed to get it, but now here you go. You can attack twice instead of once whenever you take the attack action, and this is to my understanding the final change that they made in Tasha's. This is the OP. This is the insane part. Instead of just making two sword attacks, you can replace one of those with a cantrip attack instead. Yeah, and I I think the only other class that can do this uh, you correct me if I'm wrong. Is a Eldritch Knight. Mm. I think at at a at a certain level, the Eldritch Knight can they they have they have extra attack, and I think it's later. They I think maybe level seven they unlock mm-hmm. the ability to uh, use one of their extra attacks as a cantrip. Yeah, it's been a while since we played Greyk, so maybe not sure exactly which level it is, but yeah, yeah. 
Very great. And what is so great about this as well is your weapons damage die is static throughout the entire time you're using it, but your cantrips damage die scales the further you get up in your level. Yeah, so you, you're really like at at that point you're you can deal some serious damage. And and I love the picture of this flowy, elegant blade fighting mixed with uh like uh, a a a a magical blast and okay so in flavor all of my cantrips are blade based oh nice uh, booming blade green flame blade sword burst blade ward <laughs> dude i tried to stay in uh in the the vein of the of the class yeah that's for me that's one of the joys of having these very specific archetypes is kind of like really just leaning into it and being like i'm going to be the most blade singery blade singer that ever did sing with a blade <laughs> yes yes absolutely and what's great is uh <laughs> i can't talk about it because it hasn't happened yet but yeah <laughs> i want to talk about jeremy but i can't i can't talk about jeremy mm, yet. yeah maybe someday <laughs> Now, the next feature that we get for the Blade Singer at 10th level is the Song of Defense. So instead of just the fact that you have 19 AC while your Blade Song is active, now, whenever you take damage, you can use your reaction to expend one spell slot and reduce the damage taken by an amount equal to five times that spell slot's level. That's insane. So not only are you super hard to hit in the first place, but when somebody finally does manage to land a hit on you, you're just like, yeah, that didn't actually hurt that much. What uh, what level spells do you have by 10th level? By 10th level? Let's take a gander in the book here. At 10th level, you have two 5th level spell slots. Okay, That's your okay, highest level at okay. that point. So at that point, you're talking... So when the first time you get this, five times the spell slots level. So you can use... 20, you can take 25 damage off. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah, it's... I just can't get over how great of a frontliner this is, and like, like I've said many, many times, wizard shouldn't be able to do this, and yet here we are. Yeah, it's like they, there's a very... It's very interesting. I'm curious what this... What a blade singer would look like going up against uh, like an, an, an evocation-focused wizard like that's fully, mm. fully wizard-focused. Like, it's so fascinating to me because I, I do feel like the other subclasses of wizard would have a bit of a magical leg up on mm-hmm. on the blade singer. I think the difference is I think blade singers can last longer than a regular wizard. Yeah. I think they've they they're probably more of the the long distance runner of the the wizard family, where most wizards or sprinters are like high output, real fast, and everything. I think if it's if a blade singer's battling a, a, a wizard of another subclass, it's all a matter of can they wear them out? Can they mm-hmm. survive through the melee of epic spells long enough to uh, to weed at, weed down the wizard's defense and get in? Yeah, that thematically is really where we see this subclass just turn the entire wizard on its head. And then we have one final feature. Uh, the capstone feature for the Blade Singer comes at level 14, Song of Victory. <laughs> and at this point, you just get more damage because uh, whenever you hit with a melee weapon attack and your Blade Song is active, you can add your intelligence not only to your armor class, not only to your constitution checks, but you can also add it to your damage as well. My goodness. And if you're using a scimitar, that's a uh, dex-based, um, that mm-hmm. is a finesse weapon. So if you've already boosted your uh, dexterity, then 
your attacks are being boosted by decks. So really like it, like I I built the blade. I built Rant Ralph. He honestly, he has two good like really good abilities and it's his intelligence and his dexterity. And that's it. The you really with a blade singer, that's it. That's all that matters. <laughs> I have a mm-hmm. negative one charisma, as as we'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's very, very fun. Yeah, and by the time Ralph reaches level fourteen, you know, definitely actually going to if happen. he lives long enough. <laughs> yeah, going to have the opportunity to boost that intelligence modifier as well with some ability score improvements. Yep. Yep. So very reasonably, you could be doing plus ten to each of your attacks just from Dex and intelligence damage. Gosh, yeah, that's that's crazy the and and in truth i i didn't take the ability modifier buff uh the uh does the wizard get an ability modifier buff at level four yeah so all of the wizards ability score improvements they get one at four and then at eight Eight, 12 16 and 19 instead of taking the ability modified i took the feat and uh the the feat of wood elf magic which lets you learn the magic of the primal woods which are revered or protected and it basically gives you the ability to uh you can learn one druid cantrip of your choice and the spells long strider and pass without trace and you get to cast them uh without expending a spell slot Mm. Uh, but i think it's it's you can only do it once per long rest and they are wisdom they are wisdom based so you you are kind of drawing from a less at least for me, a magic user, it's definitely more of a ranger, I think, feat. But I like the idea that I'm because I'm playing a Lothari. It felt it felt like it fit. Um, I also I also uh, the the cantrip that I picked was uh, oh, what was the cantrip I picked? Hold on, I got it written down. Primal savagery. Oh, I love it. It makes Fleet your teeth and your nails savagery. kind of intense, and I felt like that was perfect for this wolf-like wood elf. So. I, I really did as much as I feel like there there I'll totally cop up that I did min max pieces of this character, and I think there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. It's some of the fun of yeah. building a new character. I really did try to stick to the flavor of Ralph himself of uh, being a wood elf blade singer. So a lot of my spells are, are blade based. The feat I picked was wood elf magic, and yeah, it's fun having like being able to just pop off a long strider without spending a spell slot is also really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. And pass without trace, which I do, yeah. which I do use several times uh, in the arc that we're playing. Such a good spell. See, are there any other fun little tidbits of mechanics that you put into Ralph that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Let me think here. Tidbits of mechanics. Uh, something that I can maybe say now without giving anything away. It's a little. This will be a little Easter egg for anybody who goes through the extra content for you guys. That will you can kind of pay more attention to as you listen to the upcoming episodes. Uh, Ralph's blade, Jeremy, is a sentient weapon. Mm-hmm. So many, there's a lot of, in D&D, there's a lot of blades that have a being or an, an entity or a, 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 a consciousness embedded within them. And there's always kind of some little like features around that. But I won't go into any further detail than that. I won't tell you anything about the Jeremy himself. Uh <laughs> Because I think that we'll we'll see pieces of that later on in the story. But it was something that I was very specific about when talking to Thomas. Uh, I like he Thomas Thomas was he said he goes, uh, I want to give you some magic stuff. So what are some like special magic stuff you can have? And so we got that the I have my bag of holding 
the uh, the the sentient blade that that is my both my wizard's book and my uh, spellcasting focus, and um, and I have one other magical item that's a ring that uh, I I I don't know if I should say what it is. I will, I will. I think it's it's not like I'm giving anything away uh, because when I use it, it's just pretty obvious I'm using it. But there's, I have a magical ring. This is something Thomas came up with that he felt like would fit. Oh, did I let slip that I'm part of the Zentrum during this? Yes. That is a that is a, a spoiler. <laughs> Isn't it? That's a big spoiler. Do we need to cut that? <laughs> no, this is going to be coming out after that point, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, so everyone knows that Jeremy yells. The Yes. <laughs> okay, good, good. Uh, so my, my main thing with Jeremy was that he's uh, rather a lot of a lot of sentient blades will dominate the wielder like or they'll try and like take over them and change what their whole thing is or they'll curse them and make it so that like all of your attacks are, are worse while you're wielding the blade and you, you can't unbind yourself from it. Jeremy is a annoying entity. And so the thing that <laughs> Thomas and I worked on with is if someone other than Ralph wields him, he distracts them. <laughs> And makes it harder nice. to harder to cast magic, harder to concentrate. Uh, so yeah, that was the idea that he would be. Uh, if if anybody tried to pick him up, uh, he would have he would have caused uh, them some issues. But then the the last magic item is a ring that creates a bubble of silence. Indeed, man, just so many fun surprises with good old Ralph. I love it. I uh, if anybody knows the. Uh, the Dritzdo Warden books. Jarlaxle is one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. And he's just, I feel like Jarlaxle has like an endless amount of weird little trinkets and objects that have their own like really just deeply unique and fascinating uses and backgrounds. And I, I like to think that Jeremy is 100% not there. Like like Jarlaxle is like the the pinnacle of this type of character. But I like to think that Jeremy is like a in the works you know what i mean he's kind of on his way to being that kind of if he lives long enough to, to, to kind of building that repertoire of unique little interesting baubles and items yeah one thing that's kind of fun with jarlaxle that connects to this campaign is lance has a bracer of flying daggers which mechanically comes from dragon heist as one of the items that jarlaxle has in his retinue that's awesome he's like he's always one of my favorite characters and i love when he shows up and i definitely when it came to playing ralph i was definitely trying to channel that uh is he here to help us is he here to hurt us is he someone we can trust Mm -hmm. or someone we need to fight (laughs) and anytime jarlaxle shows up those are the questions that you have to ask Mm -hmm. yeah this is fun kind of seeing this inspiration now like a little bit of jarlaxle in ralph a little bit of bruner battle hammer in graic back in the day Yeah, yeah. I, I, nothing is new under the sun. I love drawing from mm-hmm. different pieces of literature and characters that I, I find fun and interesting. And so, absolutely. Yeah. And like we mentioned earlier with the signature spells, we want that opportunity to be Gandalf for a little bit because Gandalf's awesome. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to be Gandalf? Well, I'm going to see if maybe I can sneak one last tidbit from you. Is there any chance that we can hear Ralph's full name as a little oh. Easter egg for our listeners? Uh, did I write it down? <laughs> Let me look at my chat with, with Thomas. I don't know if I wrote it down yet. You know what? I, I didn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I just said it's an elf name, but it's just the short version. So we could just make it up right now. The, Ooh, uh, we, uh, how about, how about, uh, uh, r- r- 
Ralph Farley. Perfect. <laughs> Chris Farley's brother, Ralph Farley. <laughs> Who's going to be ended up uh, living in a van down by the river? For sure. That he is... Dude, Josh, this has been a phenomenal episode of Crunch Squad. Thanks for joining us here. Man, Dad, thank you, dude. This is so much fun. And thanks to all of our listeners out there in podcast world for listening to this week's bonus episode of Crunch Squad. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we have enjoyed talking about wizards that should not exist. (laughs) Now, from wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps boost our ratings through each of the podcast services puts our show in other people's recommended feeds and it lets us know that you like what we're doing if you want to write something maybe a little bit longer than a review you could also email us at icastfireball2020 at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and we're hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire now to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here please follow us on instagram and twitter with the handle icastfireball20 there you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes interesting insights from the players in dm and behind the scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world a couple other shout outs first is going to be to our sister podcast improv tabletop where i am the one who sits behind the gm screen there uh, we've got a campaign following the avatar legends tabletop system as well as a backlog of one month adventures using fate accelerated lots of fun over there so whether you just like other tabletop games whether you like improvisation or whether you like hearing my dulcet tones a little bit more go ahead and give those a listen Josh, where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me at Joshua the Hippie at uh, on Twitter, and uh, I think it's Joshua the Hippie if I remember correctly. But to be completely honest, it could be Josh the Hippie. My memory is not so great <laughs> these days. But yeah, or you can look us up at uh, at the Titan Pod on Twitter, or just go to Google and type in Titan Pod, the uh, Titans of Altera, and you should be able to to find some stuff about that podcast that we're making. It's just uh, it's going kind of slow at the moment. We just got an editor, which is super exciting. So we'll be releasing episodes somewhat regularly, about once or twice a month, uh, finishing out our third season. So we've got two seasons in the books. And if you want a ton of stuff to listen to, you can check out Sneak Attack, uh, the Sneak Attack podcast, uh, original D&D adventure, where I play a surly dwarf named Greyek Stronghammer. And my wife plays Brenna the bard and uh and you can definitely see our marriage evolve <laughs> in the show <laughs> it's pretty wonderful but yeah that was a that's a full arc you can see a full D adventure story from start to finish which was rare for us and it's fun to it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a fun one of the best experiences of my life yeah so go see this wonderful great character we've been talking about and you'll get to see that fun little moment with akio struggling to copy uh, spells <laughs> into his book that, uh, yeah and die and die almost dying all the time oh so great but he no longer fears death so that's yeah. okay he's gonna live forever yeah good old akio well lastly everybody please like subscribe and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers but until next time i am ned your host for crunch squad and we've been joined by josh uh, the guy who played ralph <laughs> keep the fire going everybody and we'll see you next time